Appointment Ministries Podcast Network. Strength for today's pastor. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Strength for Today's Pastor, a resource designed to strengthen you, the senior or lead pastor of your church. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to today's edition of Strength for Today's Pastor. I am Pastor Bill Holdridge, director of Poiman Ministries, and I have with me today Brian Newberry. Brian is the founding senior pastor of Calvary Chapel San Diego, where he served for 32 years and now is part of our team of Poiman Ministries pastors. And we're really excited about today's broadcast because it addresses something that is close to the heart of many, many pastors. And that is the question, why are the youth, why are the young people leaving the church? And that's what we're going to be talking about today and maybe even into tomorrow's broadcast. So Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And I'm looking forward to hearing what the Lord has you saying with us today. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited to be a part of these appointment podcasts. So what a big question, huh? Why are the young people, why are the youth leaving the church? The statistics are clear. They are indeed leaving the church. They're leaving mainline churches. They're leaving all kinds of different churches. They seem to be leaving Bible teaching churches with a little less frequency, but they're still leaving in some ways. What's your short answer? Why are young people, why are youth leaving the churches? Well, I, I think about a decade ago, there was a clear cultural shift, and uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, freedom of information and a, a sense of a culture that is not in line with sort of the dogmatic statements and, and their view of rude, hurtful, aggressive statements about the topics that are, are difficult for churches to communicate uh, in our generation such as uh, homosexuality, transgendered, uh, drinking alcohol, and many topics that our generation sort of settled in with an answer. And I think our answer is shorter and more abrupt. And uh, in their minds, inviting people to that, um, they just can't picture themselves doing that. And uh, even though they're not in disagreement with our position, a lot of the young people leaving are solid uh, conservative Christian kids they just cannot see uh, a church and being a part of the church that uh, is addressing these issues in that way. So it's not so much the content, what I'm hearing you say, that they're in disagreement with, but it's more the style of delivering the content. I think that's a big part of it. And then I think in the people's attitudes in the church, of just sort of a, a very black and white answer, and if you want to discuss it further, there's something wrong with you. Have you left Christ? Have you left the Bible teachings? And I do think that our generation has to learn a lot more about same-sex attraction and uh, what's going on with this next generation to be able to present it in a gracious way. Um, when Jesus, you know, went to, to Nazareth after being baptized there uh, in the Gospel of Luke, They uh, listened to him, and it said they marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Of course, right after that, they took him to the pinnacle of the temple to throw him off. But it it was hard for them to hear Jesus. It was 
hard for them to receive what Jesus had to say, but it was not Jesus uh, in his delivery of the message. They saw that as gracious, and they saw it just flowing graciously from his mouth. That's a great comment. You know, I think of the statement in John's Gospel, the first chapter, where it talks about the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So he was speaking truth, but he was doing it graciously. And it wasn't like it was coming down from Mount Sinai. It was coming from what would be Mount Calvary. That's sort of the difference, isn't mm. it? Yeah, and it's not truth and grace. It's grace and then truth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, also in Colossians 4, 6, it says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And that each one we're talking about is the generation between 18 and 29 years old who are being inundated with a mentality. They're being inundated with a, a concept of the church being the big bad bully picking on everybody. And uh, that doesn't agree with them. And we often say things in the way we've said them for 40 years, but um, they they are already, their ears are already sensitive to hear brashness and they hear it. And uh, if we want to speak to that next generation, we've got to change our tone, not the message. And we also have to start asking questions as well, right? And engaging in dialogue with the young people instead of just, throwing out uh, doctrinal assertions to them. We we need to be able to converse. It's okay for them to come with questions. It's okay for us to ask them questions as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that we went to church, number one, for information, especially in the verse-by-verse Bible-teaching-type churches. We wanted to hear information. We wanted to learn the Bible. And we also wanted to worship in song, but really it was about learning and information this generation, if we're teaching through the book of Matthew, say, they can go online, they can go to YouTube and listen to the top 10 teachers in existence right now on that same passage. And so information is at their disposal. And of course, many churches are streaming. So why don't I just listen to it being streamed uh, live or listen to it the next day from a recording? Why would I actually go to church? And the answer is they're looking for meaningful connection. They've lost the art of that. They don't know how to do that anymore. They know how to text and email and and Facebook and all these things. But when you're face-to-face with somebody, they have literally lost those tools. And the church has to re-help them learn those tools and uh, to, to, say, emphasize on Sunday morning a fellowship aspect. So they need to create an atmosphere. They need to create opportunities, and they need to create uh, with coffee, food, whatever it takes, and in an environment that people are listening and accepting, and and they're going to throw out bombs to try to rile to see your reaction, and you've got to be ready to just listen and love and, and let them share what their friends and college professors are saying to them. They're not trying to be contentious or cantankerous, they they really are struggling with how do I bring fundamental Christianity into my world? And uh, I, I can only see that doing that in a mean way. 
So you're talking about two things now, and, and these are so so helpful, I think, and I'm, I'm getting blessed by this. But first is the style of delivery. Suppose we're a Bible-teaching pastor, and we're going through a text, and we're going to be speaking for 45 to 50 minutes on a Sunday morning, and they come to church. So the style of engagement is going to be important, and the style of engagement is going to be important even on an interpersonal level. But then we're, we're looking to help uh, them and everyone really in the fellowship as well uh, develop meaningful connections. Yeah, I, I think in the past, pastors, not even in the text they're in, will throw in little bombshells about Catholics or homosexuality or people in India or whatever. And, and, and it's really not even in the text, but they're using that as an analogy or explaining. And those things can't happen anymore. I think on Sunday morning, stay with the text. Don't throw those things in the message at all. But if you are, let's say you're in Romans and you need to talk about those things, you're going to have to spend 10 to 15 minutes of prefacing that you're not attacking. You do love them. You do understand them. We're not doing this. I am going to say this, but I'm going to say it with the understanding. And then you say, okay, so there is a generation where homosexuality is going to come in and it's sin. But it has to be cushioned in, in a very thorough explanation. We have to think about what we're going to say ahead of time and plan for it if we're going to reach the next generation. That's what I'm hearing you say. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's, it's, it's things that we got away with in the past with our cheerleading section against Catholicism or homosexuality or Whatever it is, we can just blah, say it, and, and our audience is going to think we're great and, and cutting edge because we're standing in the truth. That just is not acceptable uh, in this next generation. Okay, so back to the subject of uh, developing meaningful connections, you know, and you were just saying that this next generation, the young people, the 18 to 29-year-olds, and whatever other age groups there are, they just don't know how to do it. They don't quite understand it. They've they've lost a lot of the ability to do that. I was thinking of, as you were saying that, of a video I saw on Facebook not long ago where uh, an older fellow was trying to teach or trying to uh, see if these two young people could figure out how to operate a rotary dial telephone. And after two minutes of trying to figure it out, they couldn't figure it out. They'd never seen one. They'd never been able to you know, rotate the dial, and and even as they got everything right, they still hadn't figured out that you got to pick up the receiver and listen to the dial tone first. Things that are second <laughs> nature for us, but they weren't second nature for them. That's really what we're talking about, that kind of a cultural shift that's taken in just a, a one and a half, two generations. That's it. That's a great analogy. Well, and, and I see today people of our generation are in a hurry to get out of church. They want to go home. And I often feel an emptiness, like after a movie, a great movie, people all file out as individuals. They, they don't have any connection with anybody around them over that movie. That's what people are doing. So the people that know how to connect are not wanting to take the time to do it. And the young people are saying, this feels like going to a movie. It doesn't have a, a element of why I would come. If it's just hearing a message, I got that information. If it's about the music, I got my playlist. Um, if it's congregationally coming and singing together, it's not enough for me to make that effort to go 
meet new people, be sort of phony, if you would. It's not like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. And you, you don't really have any plans on going into a, a relationship with those people. I think, you know, in the early days of the, of the Jesus movement, it didn't really matter what denomination you were in. Uh, people came early, uh, to talk. Uh, people stayed afterwards and would talk and share about what God's speaking in their lives all week long, as well as through the message. And then uh, they would pray for each other. It, it, we did have that connection. And when we met people, it wasn't we're in a hurry. We spent an hour if needed. But now I think we have to make a purposeful, intentional program. So setting up a classroom like a coffee shop if needed or tables and, and having printed questions and uh, having a key person at each table to, to talk. And if it, depending on the time of the service, maybe have some food there of, of some type and, um, and just ha- have them answer the questions. And it'll be sort of technical and stale at first, but eventually it will grow into these tools that, that we have lost, I think, in some ways because we haven't been using them and they have never known them. And that's what they're really looking for is a meaningful intimate uh, fellowship and growing uh, in a community. And they don't feel that the community is doing that. We're not talking about things that are hyper complicated here. We're talking about things that are simple to implement, but they're so simple, we might not even recognize how to do it. Yeah, it's just, uh, what did you think of the message today? <laughs> what uh, is a key point that you're thinking of right now after the message was spoken? Or what, what has God been showing you through the week? Or what's something you learned through the week? Um, it may have nothing to do with the Bible. Maybe it is something, man, I learned this or that. It's important to them. And, and then it has to be an environment where they're not going to be judged or uh, put down. And they can share whatever they want to share and, and uh, they feel accepted. Even if they ask a question that is threatening to the leader or to the moderator, we still have to handle it that way, right? They are hearing these questions and they don't have an answer. And uh, so they're looking for the answers. And if they start finding some answers in the Bible on Sunday morning in the congregation, then they're going to start feeling that connection and feeling like, yeah, this is a place I want to be. And if I bring my friends and they ask these kind of questions, which I know they will, um, I know they're going to they're going to see Jesus love. And uh, above everything, they're going to see the love and the grace of God. And that is above everything. So, you know, you and I, we're we're a little older. We're older than that generation, obviously, the 18 to 29-year-olds. But, you know, we've been around for a while. We've been pastoring as senior pastors for a long time. It's, It's a tendency, isn't it, among those that are in our age group to sort of throw up their hands and say, boy, you know, it's just it just seems too hard. I don't know how to reach out to the next generation or reach the young people that are coming. I'm I've lost the connection and I just don't want to do it. I'm I'm frustrated with it. But to a to a person like that and boy, I can understand that sentiment to a person like that. Don't we need to say this is biblical what we're talking about here, the style of delivery that Jesus had, that's a biblical style. We need to adopt that. And it's biblical to create meaningful connections for everybody in our church, but especially maybe we need to focus on the next generation because after we're gone, they're it. Yeah, and I think every generation experiences this. You know, 
uh, when we were teenagers and our parents would go into traditional churches where you wear a suit and you sing the hymns and you sit still, you don't lift your hands, you, you know, we would tell our parents, I, I'm not connecting there. And they're thinking, well, how can you worship God if you don't have a suit on? And how can you really have a deep worship if you don't have the hymns being sung? And we're saying, you they're thinking, you're not really serious about God. And if you go to this thing where you casually dress and you're playing and singing with the guitar, you, you know, whatever you guys are doing is shallow. And, and I don't, I think once you mature and grow up, you'll come back to our, the way we do things. And it's like, no, we're really serious about God in our way. And we're really learning the Bible in our way. And, uh, and, and please, it's, it's you that needs change. The mainline denominations, they took an extra two decades. Uh, to finally catch on, and they're they're trying to autocorrect, but it's already after the youth had left uh, a lot of those mainline denominations, and we're doing the same thing now in our own way. We're thinking, hey, we're casual dress. We have the we're playing the latest written songs, and I I, I don't want to compromise on teaching verse by verse of the Bible and the doctrine, and and so really, you know, this is a youthful church. It's just the youth need to to come and accept it as it is. And uh, and we're having to make adjustments just like our parents did. And if we sit around and and uh, put our head in the ground and 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 wait for things to get better, I think we're going to be very disappointed. No doubt. And if we don't include this next generation into the flow of leadership as well, which we can talk about probably on tomorrow's podcast, uh, then we're shooting ourselves in the foot because we're not preparing them to significantly lead moving forward or plant new churches that more reflect the kind of style that they need to feel comfortable with. But I don't think it's necessary, do you, that they have to plant new churches? Don't you think that if we can make adjustments and changes that they're happy to be part of what we're doing? Yeah, very much so. I I don't think we are too late on this topic. Um, They do want to worship with their families. They would love to be with their parents' churches. Again, they're trying to visualize themselves and the people they are talking with online and, and, and Facebook with and in their colleges and at the Starbucks. Are, are they the kind of people I, I will can bring to church and feel good about it? I'm sort of bringing them to church and I'm so tense and I'm just waiting for the pastor to drop a bomb and they look at me going, why did you invite me to that place? I'm never coming again. Um, and then also people just rushing out and, and their friends are feeling sort of empty and they're holding the bag to fellowship with their friend if they don't have the tools to do it. Wow. Boy, that one statement you made just breaks my heart, Brian. The idea that a young person would bring a friend to one of our churches and be squirming and dreading the moment where the pastor drops a bomb, you know, that is going to be so offensive. God help us. Yes, we need to... Season our words with salt, be gracious, and uh, be able to give an answer to each one. And we're talking about changing what we're doing with the mindset of speaking to the 18 to the 29-year-old person. And uh, that has to happen now. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what our Lord Jesus did when he came to us. He he traveled a long way from the right hand of his Father to become a human being. So he could speak to us the way we were able to hear who God is. And if, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, that's going to be the example we're going to want to follow, is the grace-seasoned yeah. 
with salt sort of speech. That's that's really huge. Well, we're we're about done for today, Brian. Uh, would you be willing to do this again and and sort of uh, bring out more of these aspects and more of these points? I think this is huge. This is where a lot of us live. We need to uh, pastor in the way that Jesus would pastor if he were still here in the flesh. Yes, there there are a couple other points that I think are the most important points that we haven't got to today. Okay. But I think we definitely need a part two on this. All right, we'll do it. So we'll see you all tomorrow for Strength to Today's Pastor. And we're talking to Pastor Brian Newberry. And the question we are uh, talking about and batting back and forth is, why are the youth or the young people leaving the church? But more importantly, what can we do about it? Is there anything we can do about it? Is it too late? Have we lost the next generation? And we believe that the answer to that is a resounding no. We have not lost the next generation. They're hungry for the same things we were hungry for when we came to Christ 30 or 40 years ago. And if we are sensitive in our style and not dogmatic and throwing out bombs of personal opinion that are going to be offensive, but have more of a conversation about su subjects that are sensitive to them, uh, we're going to help, uh, help them be reached as part of the next generation. And if we can develop meaningful connections within our church families for them to be able to relate in ways that are new to them, then they'll love that too. That's been Pastor Brian's experience, and I think we're seeing it in different places, and we look forward to tomorrow's broadcast. So until then, God bless you, and may he strengthen you in Jesus. And thanks for joining us, Brian. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poymanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.